Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. I just want everyone to remember that this is a safe place. And we've all had bad church experiences, but I don't want anyone to be afraid to share. Mark, would you like to share your experience? I guess I will. Ever since my church experience, it's just uh, really hard for me to feel comfortable. Thanks so much for being here at church today. Before we get started, why don't you shake the hand of the person next to you and tell them good morning. Oh, come on, that wasn't that bad. I wasn't finished. Whoa. Hey, come on, brother. Bring it in. Come on. Oh, I'm not your brother, bro. It's a good Sunday, right? Here we go. Oh, I can feel your beard on my face. Come here, come here. Ooh, never mind. Well, thanks for sharing. All right, but we thank God for being here today, amen, praise God. I'm sure we've all had different experiences as we go through our, our church experience, this journey. First, I'd like to thank Pastor Kilby and the Centerpoint Church just allowing me to share once again here. Don't take it for granted. Of, uh, of course, if you don't know me, I'm James Hunt. I'm excited to be here today to continue this uh, summer series called My Bad Church Experience. Uh, if you missed out the previous week, please go to our podcast and the internet so you can catch up. Uh, and I'm sure you will find out that it's been a, an awesome as Jason has shared with us the last couple of days. Now, have you now have you ever had a bad church experience? Come on, let me see your hands. How many of y'all really ever had a bad church experience? Oh my God, I could tell you some stories. I could tell you some stories. Uh, one of the just to set off a, a way to, uh, uh, that left maybe left a bad tasting in my mouth. We've heard Cody's uh, testimony today about. You know about the tithing. Uh, uh, actually, uh, a story. Uh, actually, I was told one time. We were told one time in our church, if you don't tithe, you're going to hell. I'm like, wow, man, that's a, that was deep. That came from our bishop. Yeah, he told us if we didn't tithe, we was going to hell. Maybe you've you've gave up on God. Maybe you've even sought out another religion because if God is so loving, how can He create such mean people in church? And that's a different sermon, sermon series that would be interesting. Why do we have so many mean people in church? We could go there, but we won't do that today. Yeah, the mean people, just mean, 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 like a junkyard dog, mean people in church. But then we know that's not of God. Have you ever asked a question that you felt got you in trouble? Maybe it was not welcome. What about have you ever had a God question that you wanted to ask but never did because you were afraid. When I was stationed out west, my second duty station in the Air Force, I got a call to meet the pastor at the church. And of course, me being who I am, I'm like, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. If y'all know my personality, I, I don't ever do anything wrong. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Not. So I get called to the office and we meet downstairs in the basement. Uh, and I was basically told that I was never to question the pastor ever. And I was always the one doing Bible study. If I didn't know or I didn't understand, I was always raising my hands getting in trouble. 
So this particular time, I got in trouble once again, that I was told that I was never to question the pastor. Now, I grew up in a church like that. You were never, ever to question leadership. If they told you to do this, they told you to do that, you were supposed to do it. My problem was being raised that way. When I got out into the world and I be, people began to question why I believe, I always said because mama and them told us to say that. Mama told us to do this. <laughs> Granny and them believed this, so that's the way. I didn't have a relationship. I didn't know. So when I began to be questioned and have these God questions, I really felt like I didn't know who I was or what God really was. But I was told I was never to question the pastor. Yeah, go figure that. Actually, I was called out on the carpet, stood right there, told him, no, no. If I have a question, I think I should get an answer, right? And I still don't even remember what the question was, to be honest. Uh, and, I'm and to this day, I still don't realize what got me in trouble to get called out. I still don't remember what the question was, but I never did get it answered. But we were told just to believe more. In the church, we are always told, believe more, have more faith, even more. We just don't ask those type of questions. Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened to you? But today, come on, I just want you to lean in. Let's get real. Maybe it's that one question that created tension and it got others' attention, but they did not know how to answer it, so they just moved on to the next question. And you have been just wondering for years, and it left you just in that space of the unknown. As a pastor, I've been asked many questions. I was speaking earlier today during our VIP session. Even this week, we were asked a question that the Shepherd's House dealing with some of the clients. They were talking about steps too about finding that, that greater power that can restore them to sanity. And somebody was saying, well, I've never been spiritual. The one person was saying, I believe God wants me to go through this addiction. I just don't know. I don't believe. And then I'm like, wow, how can this be? People, are, people have questions that are never answered. They've been heard in the church and they want to know. And I said, well, if anybody should have asked God, I've questioned God. How many of y'all have ever questioned God? I've questioned God, and I said, if you look at my life, I ask God, why did this molestation happen to me? Why did it happen to me, God? Why? Why does bad things happen? Why did it happen to me? If anybody should question God and my faith, my faith should have been turned away, it seemed like it should have been me. It should have been me. As a husband, I've been asked, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Yeah, I've been asked questions, got me in trouble too, amen. Praise God. Even as a father with my kids, my kids used to, they joke with me all the time as we reflect back. They all grown now. They had, Dad, we would come and ask you a question, but you would always ask us a question. They're like, Dad, we want to go outside. And I say, why? They're like, why do you think we want to go outside? We want to go outside to play. But you ask, why? Why do you think we want to go outside? But some of those questions I love to answer is God questions because it allows me to lean into God. If it's centered around God, it allows me to grow closer to him. And that's the point. If the questions we ask, the questions we ask should be leaning into God and allowing us to grow, grow closer to him. Yeah, grow closer to him. I've had some tough questions from people. One that challenged to answer such as, as we put up the questions, if God is so good, why do really good people who've never heard of Jesus go to hell. If God is so good, if God is so good, and we also have to question, if God is so good, why do bad things happen? 
Why do people that are faithful to him get cancer? Our family is killed in a car wreck. Why do these things happen? Is God really real? That was one of the questions this week. Is God really real? Is he really real? Do we know that he's 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 real? And it's just not some big, you know, all this thunder and lightning. But as Cody said, is he real because they see him in us? Oh, yeah. Did someone really get ate by a whale? <laughs> and not only did he get eaten, he got vomited up. Amen. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. But what about Jesus? Did he really rise from the grave? Somebody said, yeah, man, I, I, I've been religious, but I've never been spiritual, is what one of the clients says. I've been religious, but I've never been spiritual. I don't understand this spiritual stuff. He's real. In the church, in our culture, we're taught to just believe more, even if we have really hard questions. When we ask questions, it's like we offend people or leaders, like I did. I still don't know what the question was, but I was told, don't ask that question, don't ask the question, don't question the pastor. And they are passing on the knowledge of just believe. Just believe. Everything going to be all right. You got a problem, just go pray about it. Don't, just believe. Prayer's good, but sometimes we need some answers. Amen. Praise God. We need some answers. We want some answers. We want to know what the deal is. We want to know. Maybe you grew up in church. You had Sunday school, small groups, youth groups, and no one answers your questions. Your questions caused a problem and it created tension in the room and resulted with what and that resulted was tension in your walk with God. Yeah, been there, done that. Maybe you felt your question offended the pastor. Been there, done that. God, maybe it offended God or others, and you eventually just stopped asking questions because it was just didn't matter anymore because you felt like it didn't matter to God. Here's a question that I want to ask you today as we ponder on this. I know people may be offended by your questions, but the question is, do you think God is offended by your questions? Do you think God is offended by your questions? As a child of God, as you seek him and as you grow in your relationship with him, do you think he's offended by your questions? Do you think, do you think a good, good father, a father that is raising, that loves his kids, and he wants the best for us. Do you think he's offended by our questions? By church standards and cultural standards, I would say, yes, we're taught. Yeah, he's offended. Don't ask God. Just accept what he allows. Don't, never question him. But when we open up the Bible and we see where Jesus, God's son, Jesus, God's son, he asks hundreds of questions. And those around him ask hundreds of questions. We might understand that God actually embraces our questions and wants us to know what bugs us because he wants us to lean into him with our tough questions so he can begin to build trust and relationship that can change lives. And that's the point. Those questions, he wants our lives to change because change lives what? Change lives. In the Bible, one of the, biggest tough, one of the biggest and toughest questions we can find is probably one of the most offensive questions that's recorded in the Bible. However, it allows us to see how God embraces 
tough questions. Matthew, in the New Testament, walked with Jesus. He was one of the original disciples who recorded everything Jesus said and did. And the question was by this guy named John the Baptist. The question he asked trumps any question I think any of us could ever answer. And y'all know who John the Baptist is, right? He's the dude with the best clothes. Camel hair. Yeah, he, he, he dressed. He, I bet she was cool. Amen. I, I know he was cool with his camel hair, with his sandals on. Cool. He's the guy that had the gourmet meal for lunch. Locusts and wild honey. Go, go, do y'all, let's serve us some locusts and see how much we get. Amen. Now, how many of y'all want to eat some grasshoppers today? Come on, come on. How many? But that, that was his gourmet meal, locusts and wild honey. He was a John the Baptist that was put into prison by Herod Antipas because he questioned and he preached against the, the king because he was sleeping with his brother's wife. We know none of that happened around him. No, no. <laughs> no, no, none of that happens. Amen. None of that happens. John was basically calling out sin and certain lifestyles, and it landed him in jail. We're not going to ba ba bash any type of lifestyle. But he, he, he took a stand for righteousness and ended up being in jail. So here we go, Matthew 11, 1 through 3. Matthew 11, 1 through 3. After Jesus had finished instruction, instructing his disciples, he went, off, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Are you the one? John the Baptist, he asked the question, this same John, are you the one? Are you the one, or should we expect somebody else, Jesus? Are you the one? Are you the Messiah? Are you the one? Now, now, now listen, John was in jail and he could have asked Jesus some other questions. I was, I, I, he could have asked Jesus, why don't you get me out of here? I'm locked up in jail. Jesus, why don't you get me out of here? Jesus, can you teach Herod a lesson for putting me in here? He could have asked that question. Jesus, can you save me from the future that they are saying I'm going to get? Herod said he's going to kill me. Can you save me? Then he could have asked Jesus, who names his son Heredes? But no, he asked the question, are you the one? Or should we expect someone else? Are you the one? The reason that this is so offensive is because of who John is and where he came from. If anyone who knew who Jesus was, it would have been John. He knew his parents could not have kids. And Gabriel, the same angel that said Jesus is coming, predicted your birth. Gabriel predicted John's birth also. He said you will prepare the way. He had been prophesied over his life that he's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. 
You're the guy that fulfilled the prophecy. You're the one who baptized him. But he still had that question, are you the one or should we expect someone else? Then do you think of that? Think about that. John the Baptist, been in jail, been in a situation that seemed hopeless, still had a question, are you the one or should we expect someone else? John, come on. Come on, John. John, you are the living and breathing prophecy that was recorded all the way back in the Old Testament in the book of Malachi. How can you dare ask that question? But he did. He asked a question. John, when your ministry was starting, you were baptizing in the Jordan River. You said in John 1.29, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John 1.34 says, I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. You knew he was the one, John, but you went there. He went there. But I think the better question we can ask today is why. Why do you think John asked that question? As a, as a believer, why do you think? Why do you think? Why do you think he asked that question? Why do you think it? Somebody talked to me. Why do you think John asked that question? He lost hope for a second. What about doubt? Have you ever doubted God? Oh, yeah, I've been there. We believe that John began to doubt. How many of us have been there? Maybe we're there today. Maybe, maybe your situation sees so, so bleak that you're, you're beginning to question God. Why is this happening? Why am I going through this? Maybe you ask the question, Jesus, are you the one? Are you real? Are you alive? Is God really going to help you in your time of need? How many of y'all believe God helps you in your time of need? Amen. Or sometimes it seems like he doesn't, right? How many of y'all know sometimes the answer is no? <laughs> oh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes the answer is no. Or maybe it's delayed, but just because it's delayed, it doesn't mean it's denied. Yeah, maybe it's delayed. Maybe it's delayed. John began to doubt who Jesus was, and Jesus responded to his doubt by sending the disciples right back and answered him this way. Matthew eleven four. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Jesus answered him this way so that he could lean into Jesus more. Jesus didn't criticize John. No, but he did say go back and report what was done. And I, and I think that's so, I think that's so relevant. Even, even as, as Cody was sharing about how the, the transition in his life changed. Because he saw a youth pastor that loved him just the way he was. And the report that people wants us, that I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to know, even as we have these hard questions, they see Jesus and through us, in us, we the one. We love and loud now. That's what convinces the world that we are his disciples, the love that we have one for another. 
Amen. Praise God. It doesn't matter if you're male, female, black, white, short, skinny, fat, big, tall. It doesn't matter because they see his love in us. They saw. Jesus' report is telling what you see. Telling what you see. They see you at Longview. They see you at Batewood. They see you in Junction City. They see Jesus because he is alive. And in that, we're learning that we can trust him more. When I see God moving in Jeff's life, I know what he's done for Jeff, he will do for me. When I see him moving in Jalen's life or Jaden's life, what he's done for me or him, he will do for me. Jesus answered him this way, lean into me so you can learn more. I think Jesus said it this way so we could walk away today with this Leaning in leads us to truth. Leaning in to Jesus leads us to truth. And man, that's what we need. If we need something in today's world is that we need to know the truth of who Jesus is. Amen. We need truth. And when we, and when we establish that relationship, when we begin to ask those questions, we find out what the truth is. Man, let me tell y'all. Can I share? Let me just share a little bit. Let me just share a little. All right, let me keep it real to you. Now, I grew up in the church, that church experience now, that the church that we grew up in, women could not wear pants. Women could not wear pants. That was part of our doctrine. That was part of our dogma. And we was having a service one time, and a lady came up to our church and she wanted to come in the church, and she had on pants. Do you know that they would not let this lady in the church? And she said, I only wanted to hear the word. Now, we couldn't go to the movies. My parents got silenced in the church because they took us to the zoo. Yeah, y'all, I'm telling y'all, this is, you're talking about a bad church experience. Of course, you know, my mom being who she is, she said, well, some of the folk look like worse than the animals in here anyway. So, you know, but... <laughs> You know, so, so, so that, that was my mom, and that was my, I didn't say that was my mom. But, but I, I'm sharing this experience because when I stepped out into the world in Okinawa, Japan, as this Pentecostal holiness individual, I was so judgmental. If a lady had on makeup, I'm like, that lady going to hell, amen, praise God, because she's wearing makeup, amen. I'm talking about bad, I'm talking about, I'm talking about from my own experiences, I'm talking about from my own experience. I remember, I can still remember the first Sunday I went to the gospel service at Kadena Air Base. The lady that was singing the song, she was making, she was saying, make me better, Lord. She had on makeup, earrings, and she had on pants. And I said, she need to be made better. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my bad church experience. Because that's all I knew. That's, that's all I knew. I'm talking about, I'm talking about so we can know truth. So we can know truth. I remember one time, as a young minister, I was speaking in Okinawa once again, and I, I, I was just raised Pentecostal, so y'all know we was raised strict. We was raised strict. No drinking, no nothing, no dancing, no party. Everything was worldly. So I was preaching, I was told, I said for the pulpit, I said, well, if you're drinking wine, you're going to hell. <laughs> so, of course, the chaplain called me into his office the next morning and said, Brother Hunt, you can't be saying stuff like that from the pulpit. So that we can know truth. When we learn into Jesus and we know him, we learn truth. It's not about wearing pants. It's not about wearing makeup. It's about loving loud now. Yeah. That's, what, that's what it's boiling down to. Yeah. 
It's not about if you're covering your head. Somebody, somebody was messing with me this week. I'm like, Lord, why are you messing with me this week? Somebody said, ain't a woman supposed to have, have her head covered when she pray? And take that hat off in church when men pray. That's what they, I'm like, what? I said, man, why are we even, that's non-essential. It doesn't matter. Because the truth is the only thing that sets free. Leaning into Jesus leads us to truth. We should learn, we should lean into our questions with God because it develops trust, which develops truth. Jesus eventually turns towards the crowd to address them because they heard this and they knew who John was. So he wanted to help their questions and our questions as well today. He said this out of Matthew eleven seven through 11. Look at this, look at this. And John's disciples were leaving. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. The same John that had just sent his disciples to ask if he's the one, if he's the Messiah. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed in the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in the king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Wow. Look. That, that's John's testimony from Jesus. Now, you want somebody to testify for you. Jesus is testifying for John the Baptist right here. But Jesus said, if, if you're the least in the kingdom, oh, great God from Zion, if you're least in the kingdom, in this little bitty town of Danville, Kentucky, if we least in the kingdom, we're greater than him. Oh, so when you're out and you're doing what you're doing in the love of Jesus Christ, think about your testimony is in comparison to John the Baptist. That's you. That's you. That's you because you're establishing that relationship. You're leaning into God. You're learning to trust him. You're talking about, man, man, I'm, I'm glad Jesus testified for me. Amen. Praise God. But not, not only for John, but for us as we lean into him and we learn the truth. He's got your name. Yeah. Yeah, your name's on the list. Your name's on the list. Your name's on the list. Our name is on the list, Jason. When we do what we're supposed to do and we lean and we learn of him and we walk in that truth, then we know no matter what the bad experience is, my life has been changed because I came into contact with truth. Oh, great God from Zion, I came in contact with the love of the Father. I came in contact with truth who is Jesus Christ. All right, I'm getting excited, getting excited, getting excited. Let, 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 let me do my Baptist side now, amen, praise God. From the worst question ever in the history of doubting who Jesus was, look at that, from the worst question, he, he doubted. I've been there, I doubted. I asked God why. 
so offensive to someone who knew one of the original believers who talked about Jesus and strayed. Oh, yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. To Jesus picking him up and answering his question with truth and telling the crowd, there is no one greater than John. And that's the same way. The uh, same way when my kids came to me, no matter what Brandon, Brittany, Zachary, or Isaac do, they are always my kids, and I want the best for them. The same way our Father is for us. No matter what your question was, no matter what your doubt was, He loves us with an everlasting love. And He wants us to come with our doubts and our questions just like any good father. Well, there's nothing I would do for them cheering. Yeah, I see, I'm getting country now. Cheering, I wouldn't, uh, uh, there's nothing I would do for them. But there's no one greater than John. You talk about the worst to the first, amen, praise God, amen. Doubting, then, he, then Jesus just had to testify of who he was. But my takeaway is this, my takeaway is this. If, we, if John can ask, we can ask. Oh, yeah, if he can ask, then we can ask. Oh, man, I, I, the scripture came, that for this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. That is a good, good father. When you know, no matter what the pain, no matter what the struggle, no matter what the problem, when you can go to God and you can ask him, and he will know why I stole you away. Oh, he wants us to come so we can lean into him and learn to trust him that even in the hard times, I can still ask God. I can still ask him, just like a good, good father. What I've learned is God can handle our questions. Now, I did tell them, I told them, listen, I'll be one of the first pastors to tell you I don't know all the answers. I don't have to try to put myself up here to say I know everything. I don't know everything, but I do know someone who does. And I do know that sometimes the answers may not be what I want. But even in the midst of that, He's still there. But then I ask, so why don't we ask? Why don't we ask him? Why don't we ask him? Lean into our questions so our relationship with Jesus begins to grow. Who we are with him at the center. He wants to establish a relationship. I wish I could have had the freedom. I look back sometimes. I said, I sure was at times just stupid. <laughs> I'm just going to be real. Sometimes I was just, man, even in my fatherhood, even in my husbandhood, I would just wish. I look back in retrospect, just like John did, and say, God, man, why did I do that? But with him at the center, I still see his love. And we want to grow. But have you got tough questions today? We want you to embrace these questions so we can share in this journey together. Yeah. Through our connection points, our circle groups, our small one-on-one -on -one times when we can allow Jesus to be at the center of everything and trust him with our doubts, our fears, and our tough questions. That's, that's, that's how we grow. That's how we become the ecclesia, the sent out ones, those tough questions that bring us together. That's how we begin to trust one another. You may look different from me, but I trust you. Oh, man, somebody was talking about, uh, somebody was talking, 
Thank you, sis. Thank you. She is my sister, amen. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody was asking me uh, about Center Point and going to Center Point. And I like, you know, it's not a black or white church because that was really the question. And I'm like, it's just people coming together because we love one another. And we want to see a change in our community. We really mean this. This ain't something where we just fill in the block on Sunday. I'm telling you, I really believe that. I believe in the mission and the vision where people come together from different economic levels, different social backgrounds, different colors. We come together because we love each other. And we want to see this thing grow. It's not about a church. It's about a movement. All right, amen. It's not about a building. Who would have thought a church up on the third floor of a bank, amen, that's changing people's lives because it's not about a building. We are the church. Big, short, fat, small, skinny. Well, somebody was asking me, and I told him it's not about that. It's about us coming together, loving one another, in spite of our flaws. Yeah, we've, all, we've made some mistakes, man. You hear some of these testimonies, I'm like, wow, Jesus, Lord. I thought mine was bad, but this is all right. But that proves who Jesus is. What, what you see here, the, the bad, I'm, I'm glad we've experienced some good church experiences now, amen. We done, we done had all the bad Right? It's time to have some good ones where you could, you could have done this. You could have had an abortion. Could have had an affair. Could be hooked to pornography. Could have been molested. But in the midst of all that, he still uses it for his glory because we come together because we love one another. Yeah. The tough questions. It's just like God wants us to lean into him to learn. Man, this has been a learning experience. But maybe there is a deep, hurtful question that needs to come out. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe you suffered something so painful, it needs to come out. Maybe you've had that question, and you wondered, God, why? It needs to come out in the midst of us as we, as we pray one for another. Oh, another scripture come, uh, for us that, that, that are spiritual, those that are overtaken in fault, we're supposed to be the ones who's supposed to be restoring them, right? We're we supposed to love them. We're supposed to restore We ain't supposed to be pointing no finger. Because when I point a finger at you, what I got some pointing back at me, right? Maybe, 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 maybe. This week, as I get ready to close, in a part of that discussion at the shepherd's house with these clients, man, I mean, I, we, I just begin to weep because there's a, there's a person that said, does God want me to be a drug addict? He's dealing with the struggle of his addiction, and he feels like God wanted him to go through this. And I've told him, man, let me tell you, let me, let me just tell you, let me just keep it real, man. That is not the God we serve. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came that you might have life. Jesus Christ died that you may be free from your addiction. Amen. Jesus died that they be free from your, no matter what the addiction is, Jesus died. For we have a high priest that, can, that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, right? But he was tempted in all points just like we were with our sin. Then it says, let us come boldly through the throne of grace that we may find help in the time of need.
that we may find help in the time of need. That tough question. So I shared my experience. I asked God why. Why was I molested? I asked my parents. I asked my siblings. We discussed. Why did we suffer this as a family? That tough question began to bring healing into our family. And we're free today. Amen. Praise God. We're free today. Why, God? We want to talk to you, God. God wants to hear our questions. Because when we lean into Him, we learn and we come into truth. And the best thing about this, God is not afraid of your questions. And we should not be afraid to ask God. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe, Center we all lean in together we will be better together for it Amen. when we lean in together when we love one another when we ask those hard questions when we lean in together we better at it together because what we find out we all have questions Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Even in these hard questions that we may ask today, we know that you're faithful. We trust you in everything, God. And even as John asked that hard question, are you the one? We know that you are the one today. I pray that the word that has been shared today.